Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. It is the post-G-Day show, uh, the Sunday after G-Day, and we're going to treat this kind of like we do on a normal uh, Georgia football game week. I'm Wes Blankenship, Palmer Toms, Jake Rowe in the chat this evening. Guys, I want to start off, we've had, a, I guess, 24 hours now to think about this game and the scrimmage. And uh, I'm wondering, I know that you guys are on the ball and nothing gets past you in the way of Georgia football news and prognostication. But when you look back on uh, this game, let's just look at some things to start off that surprised us and talk about what we did learn from the dogs on this G-Day. I'll start while you guys collect your thoughts. The thing that surprised me and maybe this was brewing for a little bit, and it, it's not necessarily the news of Bear Alexander's transfer itself, the fact that it happens on G-Day, and I talked about this in my immediate reaction uh, yesterday at Sanford Stadium right after the game ended, the timing surprised me, and I guess nothing should surprise me anymore with the transfer portal because it is just such a part of uh, the game these days, but I asked Brock Bowers about it. I asked... Arian Smith about it 
and I said, look, guys, I don't, I'm not asking you to tra- uh, comment on your transfer teammate specifically. He's gone bygones or bygones, and honestly, it seemed like there was no love lost between the dogs and Bear Alexander. But when I asked them how surprised they were that a teammate just straight up transferred after going through an entire spring session, all of Georgia spring practices, they weren't phased by it, but I was. And uh, I guess this is just the name of the game in college football right now. There's no date that is sacred, not even G-Day, for a transfer into the portal. little unspoken commentary, I think, on just the situation in general. Um, I'm not one to cast aspersions on a kid or anything like that, but it just wasn't going to work out. Um, uh, I will say this. Um, I, paperwork was in for him to be in the portal in January and he didn't ultimately end up in there, or he, he wasn't in there for long enough for anybody to notice it. Um, I think he's going to end up at USC. Uh, I think they just wasn't going to work out for him at Georgia. And uh, there was uh, there was some talk of friction, and I want folks to understand this because we have this conversation on our board. Um, you know, I wish I could – I wish I had a number for you, but I would say probably a half dozen kids a year you hear about struggling, whether it's – struggling attitude-wise, struggling coachable-wise, um, thinking about transferring, um, this, that, the other. I mean, you hear it all the time. And most of the time, it doesn't work out. And sometimes you hear about friction, you hear about attitude issues, you hear about it's just not working out. Um, rarely does it come to fruition like Bear Alexander, you know, a couple months after we first heard it, like Brenton Cox um, happened. And I'm not saying those two situations are exactly the same. Um, but I think, Wes, that it happening when it happened um, is some commentary on the situation and the consideration um, involved um, as far as this thing goes. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think, uh, you know, Georgia probably could have, you know, if it really wanted to, but it could have made a little bit of a stronger move to maybe keep him around. But I think they've been dealing for this situation for a little while now, and, and maybe they're not keen on dealing with it much longer so so when you say the 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 timing was commentary on the situation you mean like it kind of goes both ways i don't want to put words in your no, mouth. not necessarily both ways i think it's just i don't know there's a lack of i feel like there's a little bit of a lack of respect there um you know like hey i got some teammates that are going to get it to go out there and some young teammates that are going to get out to go out there and put on a georgia uniform let and me make some news myself yeah let yeah. me uh let me steal the day let me do um let me get this thing rolling yeah and uh hey listen this wasn't this wasn't a situation where you had a deal and again i'm not i'm not trying to you know get after the guy but this is not a situation where oh man somebody saw his name in the transfer portal and this is how it got this is how it got out he um he got in touch with somebody and had to make a graphic and announce his intentions um, for g day i think that's some commentary on this one What's up, Jake Roos? I didn't, I didn't uh, announce Jake Roos at the start of the show, but Jake is it doesn't matter. In, uh, in the chat with us now. What's up, man? If you've been watching long enough, you know who I am. Yeah, um, you know that voice. Uh, do you think that, uh, Jake, in, in your opinion, is the situation more A.D. Mitchell or more Brenton Cox? It's a good question. Could we, could we say the A.D. Mitchell situation and the Brenton Cox situation had a baby out of wedlock? <laughs> that's what it turned into um yeah i mean i think it's probably a little of both um probably honestly what probably what had the brenton cox situation 
happened during the NIL area, prob- probably what the Brenton Cox situation would have been if yeah. it would have, you know, happened during the NIL area era. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. And I think the more we talk about it, the more we're going to get accused of trying to make Barry Alexander sound like a bad guy or something. I don't, I don't think that at all. I think yeah, it it's nothing personal, you know, man. It's it just, it wasn't uh, working out yeah. in Georgia. Um, in, from you know, personalities weren't meshing. And um, I wish the kid the best. I hope every single kid out there gets to live their dream and make a bunch of money and do what they're going to do and go play pro ball. And I think Barry Alexander's got a chance to be really successful. Um, but, you know, facts are facts. And the kid's about to play for his sixth school, sixth school in six years. Yeah, the high school thing is what's, I think, very interesting and something people forget about a lot. But the, yeah. the, the recruiting situation was, I mean, listen, and like you said, to be fair completely to him, Barry Alexander, his home situation was not a normal one. Um, it was not, uh, you know, super normal is probably the best way to put it. Um, but I think everybody made best do they could. And, um, you know, th- there were a lot of changes along the way. So it's tough and it happens, but it's there are less, there would have been more surprising people on this roster that this kind of situation could have happened to, I would say. Tomahawk dog says scary looking baby. <laughs> yeah. <that's right. laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want us to uh, get too far in the show without talking about that. I felt like it, you know, maybe he wanted to make those ripples himself and, uh, and he accomplished that. It was the biggest story to me of the game uh, of the day yesterday, just because there isn't, a ton that typically comes out of a G day. There were some really cool things, you know, Georgia getting the championship rings, a new Ugga, the tribute to uh, Devin Willick and Chandler LaCroix. I mean, it was a pretty meaningful G day, but that bit of news uh, and also the smile Munden and Branson Robinson news, there was just a lot going on and, and normally G days can be pretty vanilla. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely can. I was going to say outside of like walk-ons just uh, blowing everybody away and having them make wild projections for the fall for their contributions, which, which is happening, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and the funny thing is, I mean, you want to talk about what surprised me? Nobody's talking about the best play a walk-on made all day, which is Savon Clark um, uh, shoving <laughs> Malachi Starks' face mask into the ground and then breaking Darius Smith's tackle and walking into the end zone. That really surprised me, man. And listen, Malachi Starks is down the road, all right? Jefferson kid, I live in Jefferson. Um, I think he's a fantastic talent. But, um, you know, listen, he's a sophomore. He's a second-year starter. You can't be getting treated like that by a walk-on in, in a game like this. And you go back to last season, and Malachi struggled in the SEC championship game big time. Bounce back, played a little better in the playoffs. I think he struggled a little bit against Ohio State. TCU didn't have anything for him. Um, but Georgia's going to need him to keep getting better um, because that that play and, – and, and I, don't, I don't think it was, you know, a microcosm of the entire G-Day experience for him. Um, but, you know, that was a very negative uh, play. I see this uh, comment also down here about Dylan Rolla, third year of high school. No doubt. I mean, he's, he's, he is playing for his third high school, and that's that's something. But, I mean, he's halfway to where Bear Alexander is at this point. So, I mean, how often do we talk about this? Like, Roos, we bring this up with dudes that come to Georgia that Georgia's looking at. Jermaine Burton, when, when it doesn't work out for you, that's held against you. But it's kind of the name of the game these days. Mm-hmm. Starting yeah. as early as high school, before they even get in the college transfer portal as college athletes, they're in the high school portal. 
Well, and uh, uh, I, I'm not, I, I would not say that there's a, some dissimilarities between Barry Alexander and, and Jermaine Burton in terms of how everything played out, right? I mean, it's, it, we're seeing that played over and over again. I mean, I, do I think that it's fantastic that Dylan Rival is on his third high school? No, I don't think any of this is very normal. I don't think any of it's a very good thing necessarily. I don't know that it's necessarily a mark against somebody's character, but I would say to transfer once in a high school or college makes it easier to tw transfer twice, right? Um, it's not a necessarily a thing that AD know, Mitchell. It's yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, yeah, played uh, in Missouri City and then uh, transfers to Cane Ridge mm -hmm. and Nashville. Yeah, it's 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 not like I said. It, it's it's hard to do it once. It's probably less hard to do it a second time. <laughs> Words to live by on the uh, on the Georgia show. So Jake Rowe, that surprised you the most is that no one's talking about uh, the big play from yesterday. From well, it just surprised me that it happened, and then B, <laughs> it surprised me that uh, Cash Flying Jones and Malachi Muse are getting all the love over my man Savon Clark. Well, I mean, Makai Muse did lead all receivers in, in you know, receptions and, and yards. Uh, Cash Jones was tied for that reception lead. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I, they were going to be probably my biggest surprise. Uh, another surprise, and Jake, we talked about this in the press box a little bit as we watched it live, Darius Smith in, in coverage and, and his ability to get out in space. Um, a, a good surprise per se. Uh, you know, Brock hit. Bowers got him one time. Well, well I mean, yeah, he, I mean, but, he but couldn't keep up with Brock Bowers. Had. Yeah, Brock, Brock Bowers is going to get everybody one. Yeah, could. get in that line. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the best tight end in the country, and you know, maybe one of the top five tight ends, regardless of level of sport. I mean, you could make a case that he would be a top five tight end in the NFL right now. Darius Smith, somebody that hasn't played a ton of football uh, at the collegiate level, is keeping up with him stride for stride in coverage. And, you know, and the size, that's not something that you typically see of an outside linebacker, um, you know, getting into coverage like that. He, he was, you know, came to college as more of a pass rusher and was able to develop, uh, you know, got some reps at star last year. Um, at least behind closed doors in practice. We, we didn't see it in games and would love to see that some, uh, you know, potentially. But I think what we saw in, in before our eyes was his coverage ability that came from those reps in practice. Coverage so, ability. I like that, Palmer. Yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I know they were two different words, but they did sound meshed in there. <laughs> coverage ability. Coverage, <laughs> coverage ability. Coverage ability. That sounds like yeah. something that – progressive will come up with in a few years and <laughs> trademark and Palmer was here sitting on it first. Yep. Uh, Jake Roos, what surprised you the most? Uh, you know, I don't know that anything was necessarily like wild about the whole thing. Um, you know, I, maybe the Vandegrift stuff, I guess, uh, you know, that I, I think that he maybe looked a little worse than people expected he would given some of the things that we heard over the spring but at the same time, I don't know that that was necessary. I mean, I don't know, man. I hate to read into this stuff. I, I, I don't think I, I saw somebody uh, at the NFL draft watch, I think it was on Twitter, said 
it's all over or it was <laughs> a, very, a very definitive statement of like Georgia's founded successor for Stetson Bennett. And I'm not saying Carson Beck won't be that guy, but I hesitate to make any decisions based on a spring game. These are scripted scenarios uh, in a lot of cases. I, they're not – the bullets are flying, but they're not flying as fast as they could, I guess. They're, yeah, the rubber bullets. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Bags. Exactly. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's not surprising to see some typical overreaction to the spring game. I, I think everybody has that. Um, you know, I was – I was glad to see Raylan Wilson deliver on uh, my pick the other day that I, I said he would have a, a nice day, and I thought he did. Um, I, I wasn't surprised to see that Georgia's defensive freshmen are outstanding, but it was great to see that is what I'll say. Um, that was probably the big standout for me. Those guys lived up to the billing. They are who we thought they were, uh, or the ranking. And we let them off the hook. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. And so they they came in and, and delivered. Um, uh, you know, uh, we got to mention over here at Damon uh, Damon Wilson says surprise me, dude, scary off the edge. Damon Wilson's a dude, man. Damon Wilson was a, a five star player. I mean, one of Georgia's highest rated signee. Yeah, the yeah, crown too. The the guy, man. I mean, uh, for the class. So, you know, you love to see that. And um, like I said, I, I don't know. Was there anything that jumped off the page to me? How about Xavier Sorry? Xavier, Xavier Sori had a nice, had a really nice day. He was all um, over the yeah, field. But I'm not, I'm not with, I have seen this, this uh, sort of message board chatter of he's going to steal reps from Jamon Dumas Johnson and Smile Monday. And I'm, I'm not there <laughs> yet. I'm not with that yet. Um, Palmer you know. said, hell no. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and listen, he might, he might take him from Ryan Davis, but he's not taking him from either of those two. And listen, Makai Muse had a fantastic G day. Do I think he is proud? I mean, He's I, that looks like to me Jalen Johnson kind of two point right? That, that that's I don't even know if that man listen. Muse, I know he was dinged up a little bit last year, but with all the injuries Georgia had at receiver last year, if he didn't bust through, then man, brother, I'm telling you, he he's he's got a higher mountain to climb in 2023 because that 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 is the deepest. Ra Ra Thomas didn't play yesterday. That is the deepest, most talented receiving core I've covered since I've been at Georgia. McConaughey uh, might make a travel roster, but I don't think he's making a major impact. Yeah. No, sure. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think he's a sub guy. And, you know, could he end up like Jalen Johnson at a place like ECU and, and play there? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, but McConaughey will not, I, I would be shocked. Um, and I'll, uh, for the sake of, my uh, own ease, I'll say, if he if he ends up uh, in a starting lineup at any point, I'll eat a piece of cheese. Now, now, hey, I've, I've got a question. I've got a question for y'all. He had four receptions for 91 yards yesterday. Does he top that in 2023, the entire season? The entire season? Yeah. I'll say yeah. Yeah, the schedule such crap. Yeah, uh, you know, he, he may catch um, – he may do that, uh, but he won't do it outside of the fourth quarter. Roos, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one situation, and maybe I just have like Braves recency bias on the brain. With the soft Georgia schedule, if some of these guys are getting dinged up by like game five or six and they just need to give someone some load management, maybe Makai Muse gets out there in a in a ceremonial no. starting package. No, you don't no, even I, think I, I, you don't even think it happens then. They just I line up with I ten don't. people. I don't. And we'll get to this later. <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was such a sweet little little like uh, not even passive aggressive kind of condescending. <laughs> I'm just gonna go out with Tim. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Makai, just just stay over there. We're just dumping on Makai Muse. I hope he comes out and proves you wrong, Jake Roos. No, I and listen, I hope so too. I for I for this, I'm not I'm not downing kid. Georgia, <laughs> I don't know. Georgia, I didn't know Wes was such a central Gwinnett homer. Uh, no, actually, big rival, big <laughs> rival of mine. Um, but no, listen. I, to me, it's the idea of like Georgia. Georgia's not going to do that. Um, there's no, there's no resting dudes. Uh, and we'll get to this, like I said, later in the show. But they're not going to do that for the reason that they've like imparted in the recruits, which is competition is king at Georgia, and it's not like we rest guys. Brock Bowers was out there yesterday, putting the work in. Yeah. And 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 he got nothing. Brock Bowers could have been in Tahiti yesterday, uh, and nobody would. He got he would have started game one. So, I mean, that is what it is. I, I don't see it happening. I nominate myself uh, for the three hundredth day, six hundredth day in a row as president of the Brock Bowers fan club. Um, <laughs> Baller out there catching passes. The thing that got me the most is I was watching him on the second drive, and he art released and just put a face mask into Xavier Sori, I think is who it was, and was just running his feet. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, there's just – I mean, there, the dog is in that dude. I mean, he's got that dog in him. He just doesn't know how to play the game any other way. Yeah. All right, so that's what surprised us. What didn't surprise us? What did we see where we just uh, – we, we called it, we knew it. I For me, it's uh, – I think it, it didn't surprise Jake Rowe or myself that Team Palmer and Team Roos had some struggles on their roster. <laughs> Dude, we had, we had some too. We lost Smile Monday for the game even started. You lost yeah, Bear Alexander. And they, yeah, and we Andrew, lost Andrew, Andrew, Alexander. And they Jake lost Branson Robinson <laughs> personally. Yeah, they lost Branson Robinson right to start with. Um, but I mean, we uh, they had a couple touchdowns from Arian Smith. Um, we had a couple touchdowns from Brock Vandegrift. Yeah, touchdown uh, from Raylan Wilson. Yeah, got Raylan Wilson on your squad. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay, we, we had pick. we had the better quarterback. Uh, we we threw we got better score we got two scores out of them. We also for got sure. a pick at we also got a pick out of Tyke Smith. You also threw that pick. We it's also, a wash. Thing. Yeah. It's a wash. Yeah. We also got a uh, we also got a sack. Out you of threw that pick, Jake Rose. We're, we're calling him a push. We got a we got a sack out of, out of Christian Miller and, and Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. So Boy, I'll tell you what. Now I, I mentioned this on the. Did we have Damon Wilson? No, I don't know that he got. Nah, I pushed for him. No, Darius Smith, Smith and uh, but you said this man, went from a this went from a team game to now Wes is every man for himself. Yeah, I wanted him on our athlete spot, and you said no. So um, I want that, that if he stated for the record. Kristen Miller, I will say to get back to uh, to skip back a little bit. Kristen Miller, a guy I'm excited for, man, because I didn't feel like we heard much about him last year, and it was great to see him performing G Day. Here's some things about him this spring. Um, he's a great presence. And if you're looking for like an heir to the Nolan throne in terms of motivator, in terms of personality, I think Kristen Miller can be that guy for Georgia. Mm. Well, I mean, he's, um, he's a locker room guy. I mean, yeah. it's exactly okay. what those, uh, you know, exactly what Nolan was, um, you know, so, somebody that's very likable in that, in that locker room. He, you constantly 
are seeing him on the social media because he's just joyful. Yep. Man, I went to his signing day ceremony when I was probably two weeks into working at Dogs HQ, and um, I didn't really know much about him, but Jake Roos and I were kind of divvying up, you know, figuring out how we were going to do things. Roos was heading out to see Andrew Paul because he just is a bloodhound for the surprising news of the day. And we decided that I should go out and see uh, Kristen Miller. And he was, man, that was that was a jolt. That was fun. That was one of the more entertaining, exciting signing days I've been to. And that doesn't mean he was going to piece it together as a player. But, you know, I just kind of realized, man, if this guy can play, if he can be a baller, that attitude will carry himself a, a long way in this Georgia locker room. So, well, and I'll, I'll tell you all this I'm going to write on him tomorrow because I think with the Bear Alexander departure, there becomes a huge opportunity for Kristen Miller. Yeah, um, you know, Jordan Hall is, is another guy that was, um, you know, fit, fit into what Roos talked about earlier. Not too surprising that those young, defensive, talented you know, players were, were outstanding. I mean, Damon Wilson, Jordan Hall, Raylan Wilson, uh, CJ Allen. I mean, the top four tacklers uh, plus two guys that were tied for fifth place in tackling on the red team were all early enrollees. So going back to Kristen though, there's, there's a huge opportunity for him now that, that there's an open spot on that interior uh, defensive line the the numbers they've lost two guys from that interior this spring uh with Sean Washington leaving earlier as well there's the the numbers are getting thin there quickly it's not a concern and and, and this is another discussion that was being had on the board it's not a concern because they've re- recruited well and because they've got some experienced players there with Zion Logue uh Nazir Stackhouse Warren Brinson it's not a concern because you've got those guys, but they need to address that in, in this recruiting class. No and it was already going to be something that was going to be addressed in this recruiting class. Well, they went super light last year. I mean, two guys on that defensive front last year. And so you knew it was going to be a big class. I think it's already up. And I think also too, I think Jake, you mentioned on the board, uh, potential place that they look at the transit. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if it's the right guy, they will. And and now the class before that's looking light because they lost two of the four that they got there um, in Washington and Bear Alexander. One um, and so one and one of the uh, edge guy. In- yeah, you're looking at you're looking at two um, two defensive linemen per class there. Um, the last two classes, so they'll fill it how they have to fill it. And you got to kind of trust them to do the roster. Um, the right way because that's just kind of how they do it. The good news is is that Tremel Wildfire is the only guy that has to leave after this season. Um, you know, God knows they can't keep him around for like a 25th year. Um, he has to retire at some point. Stetson did it. Stetson yeah. did it for uh, Tremel, I believe I I believe Tremel was it came in before I got in the business. He's gonna, he's collecting a pension. Yeah, he's he's been around for a while. <laughs> he's a, he's a he's got some teacher retirement system money hanging around there. Um, but uh, Malik, my man Malik Savage over here in the comments was getting after it with a couple comments. One, he said, talked about Tyke Smith and making an impact. We got to keep an eye on Tyke, keep in mind on Tyke Smith, torn ACL in, in his first year, 2021. Um, you know, coming back from that injury last year, still made an impact, but probably wasn't 100% were a brace all year. 
um, looked really good in that spring game with that interception. And I think him coming on is a big reason why Javon Bullard, and we wrote about that earlier today. Listen, Javon Bullard's comments about playing safety don't sound like Kirby Smart's comments. Kirby says, well, we're moving this and we're trying to create depth. Javon Bullard says he was approached about a position change. Sounds like Javon Bullard is going to be the strong safety, um, at least for right now. Somebody's going to have to come up and take that strong safety position. I think a lot of that's got to do with how Tyke Smith has looked at star. And then I uh, mentioned Ra-Ra Thomas. Listen, I don't know this for a fact. Sounds like Ra-Ra Thomas's situation is just dating back to everything he had go on um, in his previous deal, and that he got suspended for the spring game is what it sounds to me like. Now, there could be more there. Um, but he was out there. He was dressed out with the team. He was. Um, I saw him in pregame warm-up. Um, I just think that he was just not allowed to play in that game because of the stuff he got into um, there with the preseason, with the domestic issue, and it got handled legally. But I think Georgia um, wanted to kind of you know send a message there um, with that one. If you want to talk about what didn't surprise, I wasn't surprised by Carson Beck playing well. Um, you know, the whole quarterback thing, guys. I feel like some 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 outlets, some of, some of our colleagues, I think some folks got a little wrapped up in excitement and got the cart ahead of the horse, okay? Um, there was a stretch there in the, in the middle of spring here where Brock Vandegrift played really well, and he, came, he had come a long way, and he deserved every bit of praise he got. But I think some folks got too fired up about it, and it was like, oh, Brock's getting ready. Brock's getting ready to make his move. He's getting ready to make the pass. Uh, he's stealing reps. We told you that was not the case. Yes, he looked good, but he had to keep looking good. He's got to keep this thing going. Well, Carson Beck put the put the punctuation on spring that he really needed to put on the spring is in the one scrimmage that the offense got the better of the defense. He was the one who stole the show, and he was the offensive MVP of G-Day um, because he played so well. He really did. Now, well, he wasn't perfect, and I wouldn't say he was um, even close to it. I mean, he, he had probably three – throws that he probably should have made that would have made his day look a lot better. But with the first team offense, 13 of 18, 221 and a touchdown, um, that's, you know, that's something to chew on. I mean, that's stuff. And I'm not surprised he played well. How many G days have we seen the guy that we either know to be the starting quarterback or we expect to be the starting quarterback go out there and have an underwhelming day, whether it's because the, the coaches held him back or that was what everyone said happened or he just knows he's the guy and he didn't really feel like he had too much to prove. I mean, not, a lot I mean, of people, a lot of people came out of last year's G day thinking that Carson Beck had a better day. Yeah. 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 No question. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the starting quarterback, the number one guy rarely looks great at G day. I, I mean, I can't recall too many. I remember Zach Mettenberger, um, looking so much better than Aaron Murray did in the twenty in the twenty ten G Day game, mm-hmm. um, you know. Now Met was eventually suspended or you know, uh, you know, dismissed from the team for some off field issues before it ever got there. Uh, but he looked better than Aaron Murray, even though most people thought Aaron Murray was going to be the starter, and Aaron Murray was probably going to be the starter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's well, and I mean, and I I, I don't know what the situation was there with. Mettenberger and Murray and how those reps were divided there but a lot of the times we're seeing majority of the times we're seeing uh the starting quarterback go up against the starting defense and then that second string quarterback is going up against 
a defense full of guys that have been on campus for a matter of weeks now. I mean, there's a reason why there were so many early enrollees. That's why the- it's great that they switch them up at halftime. Cause- yeah. and, and I did think that, that was important. And then we saw Brock did not play nearly as well with the first team as he did the second team. I mean, and I didn't think he played all that well or got into a rhythm with either team. I did think it was kind of funny, though, that Carson Beck was so much better with the first team than he was with the second team. He got a lot more opportunities as well. He only um, had one drive with the second team. He threw, completed two of four passes for 20 or 30 yards. Yeah, and, and your boy Tyler Williams, that was, I think, his only catch of the day. He caught a little quick slant there. That was something, if we want to get back to a tiny little surprise real quick, um, the quick slant seems to have come back to Georgia, at least for mm. the spring game. Um uh, you know, I've been wondering, hey, man, why, why doesn't Georgia take these and run these man beaters? Well, you got Jackson uh, Jackson Meeks there. Um, you Meeks, know, they just carried him to the end zone. And then carrying everybody into the end zone, right. I thought he actually had a really good day because he toasted A.J. Harris on a play that could have been a touchdown and didn't get um, completed to him. Um, but, you know, then Tyler, Tyler Williams comes back with a quick slant. They throw a couple more. Um, I think that's something that would be a really nice addition to the Georgia offense uh, if, with – all of the guys that they can get to did, kind of win did routes. Jackson, did Jackson Meeks draw two pass interference penalties? I don't recall. I, I only really remember the one, and I don't even think that one was – he was well, he was open. I don't necessarily think that was a legit pass interference penalty, though. I mean, that ball was very uncatchable. But That was early in the game, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was first, I believe it was the first drive for the uh, for the two offense. Right. For the team. Did he not draw one on that last drive? Very well. What, dude, I was trying to finish a gamer. That, that is fair. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. I was, I was trying. I was, you know how it was, Palmer. We were scrambling for photos, man. Yeah, that was, uh, that was tough to find. Had the comment up yeah, earlier. Max, yeah, Meeks drew one on Julian Humphrey on the okay. last breath. Um, I, did, I, I, I was genuinely just asking. Yeah. I had the comment up earlier about, uh, Brock Bowers from Tomahawk Dog. This is what didn't surprise me. <laughs> I got to go find this interview because Brock, Brock could not him. have been, I don't want to say less interested because that conveys a sense that he was just rude and bored and wanted to get out of there, but he could not have been less interested. Hey, in I, I need to tell to my man Matthew, after the game. I, I got to tell my man Matthew C. something. Hey, Matthew C., Mike Bobo called the plays for the first-team offense, and that was it. He wasn't even calling the plays for the second-team offense. So, Who was? Was that like a celebrity? I thing? believe it was Del McGee or somebody like that. But Bobo Del, was, Del was on that staff. So. Yeah, Del was on that staff. So they weren't. They definitely weren't in Bobo's pocket with the black team getting the love there. That would have been um, – with the black team getting the love, that would have been Muschamp and Schumann or maybe one or the other. Man, how about that picture of uh, how about that picture of Kirby and Schumann and Muschamp walking out together? I don't know who took it. Have y'all seen it floating around? Uh, yeah, I believe media? that was uh, I believe Brooks Austin took Brooks, it. Brooks, yeah, took, yeah, Brooks took it. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good snap from Brooks because that is uh, that's like that, that looks like an album cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, you know, one thing that doesn't surprise us is the quality of the apparel. At Breaking Tea. And uh, if you guys haven't already checked out the link in the episode description in any given episode, I don't know what you're waiting on at this point because we've told you time and time again that it's the place to be. It's the place to go for your back-to-back national championship apparel. 
the only thing they're not selling right now is the replica national championship rings, which are pretty sweet. I think you'll have to go through Jostens or Jostens to get those. Maybe it's uh, Josens. Maybe the T silent. I've never really heard anyone say it, but the T is not silent at Breaking Tea. You can uh, pick up your Brock Bowers T-shirt. Stetson Bennett, he was there at G-Day yesterday, had a cult following, following him around. He's not been canceled between the hedges at Georgia. So uh, head on over to Breaking Tea. Get yourself a Georgia National Championship T-shirt. Get ahead of the curve as the dogs hunt down the three-peat. My good buddy Jeff Sintel told me that uh, Stetson Bennett signed no fewer than 100, 200 autographs yesterday. Um, and that's for a guy that's got a pretty good autograph minimum in terms of what he charges for yeah. him to like do memorabilia sales and stuff. And I thought um, he was he, a jerk. Uh, I thought I thought everyone said he was yeah. a huge jerk. Well, you know, he's also got ears, I bet. So Jake Roos, what uh what what do we learn about the recruiting impact at G Day? You had a pretty good report today uh, about a, a huge target for the dogs, KJ Bolden, who can't wait to get back to Georgia. Peyton Woodyard as well. Uh, some people getting a little fidgety about the dogs commit. What did uh, what kind of impact did a perfect April day in Athens have on some of these top prospects? You know, it was uh, it, it was a really strong day for Georgia, um, but I don't think it was anything that you would expect to uh, you know blow your socks off uh, in, in terms of what guys said. Listen, KJ Bolden's a super smart kid. He's been go he's been going through this process now for going on four years. He knows what to say. He knows how to say it. He's interacted with the media a lot. And he said all the right things. And, and I'm not saying that people shouldn't read into what he said. I think that what he said was very genuine. He loves Georgia, and I, I believe that to be true. Um, but, you know, it's uh, the home feeling is is the consistent thing that I heard. Each and every kid almost that I spoke to today, and I, I spoke to a couple that I haven't written the stories on just yet, but everybody talked about, you know, Georgia made me feel at home. Um, there was a really personal aspect to it. This will be in um, uh, one of the stories I write later this week, but Solomon uh, Thomas uh, out of Reigns High School down at Jacksonville, the home of Solomon Kinley, um, told me that he said, you know, what really impressed me was he said, I showed up. They were calling me by my first name. They were calling my mom by her first name. They called my cousins by their first name. And we weren't wearing lanyards. Uh, they couldn't just, you know, stare down and, and look at our name. They knew us before we got there. And that really stood out to him. And, uh, you know, I think that Georgia obviously has done an incredible job of focusing on recruiting. But, you know, there's been no letdown in that whatsoever, uh, even with all the success that they've had. And, and we're talking about 2025 guys, uh, not the guys that are immediate, uh, immediate needs. Um, but, yeah, you know, the K.J. Bolden stuff, like I said, was, was really interesting. You know, you heard Peyton Woodyard was – recruiting him a little bit. He said they kind of developed a, a personal relationship as well. Um, I, I think that uh, I use the analogy. My, my dad's always told me about poker. Uh, you need a chip and a chair. It just, you, you just got to stay in it. man. And uh, I think with KJ Bolden, that's the case. Um, you need to stay in this thing as long as you can. Ohio state's in it. Alabama's in it. Uh, Ohio state or uh, Clemson. I'm sorry. Is in it. Bolden's one of those guys that everybody's going to be in until the very end of things. And um, I don't think any determinations have been made by him, but uh, I think George is one of those schools that's definitely in the mix for him. And um, as great of a player as he is, and as much as, as Georgia could use a guy of his caliber, 
you've got two fantastic safety commits in Peyton Woodyard and Jalen Hayward right now as well. So um, he feels like a bit of a luxury, but a guy of this caliber is always going to be recruited until the, the bitter end. And, and uh, growing yeah. up in growing up in Gwinnett, I remember a day where the narrative was Georgia never gets guys from Grayson and Georgia can't ever get guys from Buford. And the Buford thing still feels kind of true. It does feel kind of true. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you, you, you got justice. Yeah, you didn't, you missed out on justice Haynes. One yeah. Right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it, no, it does. I mean, the, you know, you've got those, those notions and I mean, gosh, what, the last guy to grace and I, think was d'angelo gibbs if i'm remembering. was it gibbs was it yeah. well, d'angelo gibbs i believe was peachtree ridge by that point wasn't he no he transferred to he that's transferred right to, that was uh, the other way he started at peachtree right yeah. Did, yeah. didn't griffin scroggs go to one of these schools yeah griffin scroggs went to grayson that's no right. no he was at buford wasn't he no he was grayson oh he, okay. he went from buford to grayson i believe <laughs> what, incredible. What, yeah. what <laughs> justin um, young uh, dallas justin young from grayson as well Dallas okay. Lee is one uh, in the Wayback Machine that went to Buford. But I think we also need to point out too, and it's not not a knock against these schools. I, I I can't remember really a guy from those schools that Georgia missed out on that was um, that was just a just a massive you know hurtful deal. I mean, from Buford, last guy I remember him getting was Isaac Nada. Um, you know, and and I still have to say he's from Buford, but even though he went to IMG and then maybe mm-hmm. came back, I can't remember what happened there. But I mean, he was he's a Buford kid, just like I don't really consider Justice Haynes a Georgia didn't Buford miss kid. out on the Kim Dichies in that vein, row. Yeah, I mean, there were ballers. Rob, Rob but... had a good career, but they weren't they weren't going to get him. Well, and, and you know, without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Matthew C. over here says, Gwinnett County as a whole, it seems like right down 316, Georgia can't get those kids. What I tell people about this very often is – that a lot of these kids are not Georgia kids. Mm-hmm. They're 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 transplant kids. Yeah. They're they're people. These are these are people moving in from all parts of the country. The guy who comes to mind first of all is Barrett Carter, who's uh, the linebacker at Clemson. Right. He was from the Chicago area, and his family just moved into Atlanta for a better opportunity for their uh, careers. And you know, so it's not like he grew up loving the dogs. Um, you know, and I think Good public schools. I mean, it's all those. All those classic pulls to Gwinnett County, you know, you have a good job in Atlanta, you can commute, and yeah, it's the same thing. It doesn't feel like an Atlanta thing, but it totally is, and a lot of them just aren't Georgia kids. It's so true. And it's, yeah, and, you know, listen, (laughs) you know, listen, I think that it's different if you are out in, uh, let's say, uh, uh, Darius Smith, for example, right? You go to Appling County High School. That's the only high school in the the, the, the county, and ain't nobody from Baxley that ain't from Baxley, right. right? For the most part, and you grew up a Georgia fan, and you no, and no, probably no. your dad grew up a Georgia fan, and your granddad was a Georgia fan too. Yeah, you you ain't got dudes roaming around the Midwest with a Baxley Georgia brochure <laughs> like Joe Dirt saying, "I'm gonna get to Baxley, baby." 
<laughs> Absolutely. I mean, listen, I got love for Baxley, man, but but it ain't happening like that. It, it, that's deep ingrained stuff, right? A Georgia offer means something different in a place like that than it does in Gwinnett County. Uh, yeah, my- Tomahawk Dog, I'd, I'd love to know what that is. I don't think there's – I don't think you got handlers and – um, you know, or black Kayla, magic or right now. You, you just mentioned the word handlers. Caleb Downs was not controlled by handlers. Okay. Yeah. Caleb Downs' father is a college football coach. Mm-hmm. He, he the, Caleb Downs just wanted to do his own thing. I mean, that was he he grew up in the state. Of, I mean, he was there. I get it, man. And there were there were uh, other factors, of course. Of and it's not just Gwinnett County, it's, it's Cobb County. It's uh, it's Forsyth County. It's it's the it's the Metro Atlanta area, and I think the primary reason is the fact that you about Travis Hunter that those Shoot. kids aren't you know they're from Florida they're from you know they're from all of Maryland you know they they have ties there. Levis Oberton uh, is and, another and, guy, sure. you know? well, and you're well and you, and also too it's like the basketball thing uh, to some degree right you've got all of these great schools that are in the immediate area. And they all have super access to Atlanta and you can spend your recruiting budget and you can see 25 schools in a day in Atlanta, or you can go to South Georgia uh, and spend, you know, a thousand dollars to get a coach down there and, and send him to see one kid in a day. They're getting, they're getting contact from all these schools all the time, man. It's, it's easy for coaches to stay in contact with them. And, and that's a harder draw for everybody. I don't think that it's nece- I don't think it's necessarily Gwinnett County thing. Look at Atlanta. Look at Cobb. Look at um, – I mean, it's it's the metro area in general is recruited so heavily, and you miss out on a lot of – It's kind of like the the fake Falcons narrative just at the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. This time it's, it's it's high school, not the NFL. Yeah. Um, last, last thing before we uh, wrap up here, Matthew C. did ask about uh, Landon Thomas. I'm kind of surprised to hear about that uh, being a – I guess a, a questionable in the eyes of Matthew C is Landon Thomas a goner, Roos. The FSU buzz is strong right now, um, for sure. And uh, I get that. He had a chance to make it down there, but also, too, he was taking the ACT, um, and so he couldn't make it to G-Day. Um, you know, Georgia Georgia is where it is. I mean, 97.1% on the RPM yeah, yeah. recruiting prediction machine. Yeah, I haven't seen any new ones go in for FSU just yet, so – um, and we got Warchan is the leader in the market when it comes to uh, Florida State stuff. So uh, yeah, I didn't want know, that to be uh, in the comment section. Landon Thomas is going to be a c- contested until the end, regardless. And listen, if, if he does flip, then uh, don't worry, Georgia will keep on him too. Dog stock Sunday. Uh, this can be a sponsored segment by you if you have a financial tip or. Uh, <laughs> run a financial organization that's above board and certified by the uh, FBI. F- what it, what would it be? The SEC, F- I think. FCC? F- uh, yes. I, hear, I hear there's a good place uh, over in Long Island called uh, Investa Center. Um, that would, yeah. You know, yeah. They uh, they sell pennies. Got a uh, – got, uh, what's it called? Um, Sorry, I'm getting a little wrapped up in Wolf of Wall Street here. I can't remember the – Aerotine. Aerotine Dynamic. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Aerotine. Yeah, Aero- worldwide, I think it's what it dog is. stocks brought to you by Aero Time. <laughs> uh, stock, stock up on Georgia 
just getting multiples of everything, multiple championships. You got multiple Uggas. At one point, you had two Uggas in the same doghouse yesterday. That brought a tear to my eye, man. That was just one was so nibbling cool. on the other's ear. It was it was gorgeous. It was it was well, like the, the lineage in in Ugga Ugga Ten Q was just showing boom around the place. He's like, hey, this is three square feet, but over here is where you keep <laughs> keep your ice bag uh, ice bag right here is where you take a nap um so it was pretty cool and then all of the rings these guys get we were looking forward to this ring reveal of the national championship i didn't realize they got a ring for the peach bowl the The sec championship they had it looked like they had a separate national championship ring and one with the back-to-back trophies on it so georgia just stock up on georgia celebrating and getting bigger and batter in all the best ways possible. Uh, yesterday had a lot packed into it at G Day, and uh, the dogs are just—they're just on a whole new level right now. And we already knew this on the field, but you're seeing it in some of these other things too. Uh, they with- get one. They the the second championship ring is from the college football playoff. Okay. Uh, but but as as we talk about multiples, let's not forget that. It, they've got multiples of several names on this team. It is really, really hard to write about this team when you've yeah. got so many Wilsons, Harris's, um, last year, Robinson's, Smith. Still got some Smiths. I mean, still got a lot of Robinsons right now. Big time Robinson. The Robinsons. I mean, I mean two, the hell out of me too. Two, two Robinsons in the uh, in the same running back room. Yeah, I mean, how many Harris's are there going to be in the I'm DB room? Justin Robinson transferred. That's that would help that. <laughs> yeah, just of trying CJ. to clear some room. You got a ton of CJs too. Yeah, true. CJs, EJs, RJs, PJs. I mean, it's it's bad. Yeah, careful with the the next letter you throw in there. <laughs> All right, uh, dog stock. We'll, we'll go around the horn. Palmer, was that your dog stock stock down on on Georgia's? Multiple names? No, I mean, no, that's that's not mine. Um, I will go with, and we kind of discussed this a little bit earlier. Um, I'll, I'll shift mine a little bit. I'll go stock up on, on one of those uh, multiple names, and that's Smith, Arian Smith, uh, having himself a big day yesterday, two yeah. touches, two touchdowns. Uh, that's that's pretty good hit rate if, if I'm – uh if my math is correct there so that's 100 percent. yeah um you know i and i think what is big for him and wes i listened in to the conversation that you had with him i talked to him a little bit before carson beck showed up and it's it's the health i mean kirby said it it was talked about was asked about uh you know how big it was for arian to have a full spring uh you know without being you know banged up at all and he said i hold my breath every time I'm worried about injury. Uh, you know, he, he stretches the field in ways that other guys can't. So we have to be smart about the way that, that they handle him, knowing that he's injury prone. Um, and, and so, you know, I think stock up on Arian Smith um, as he continues to gain confidence, as he, uh, you know, I mean, knock on wood for his sake, stays healthy. Um, you know, Jake Rowe, don't, don't, don't write about him. Don't talk about him. You're not allowed to mention his name with your track record, uh, but oh, this, I think that's a running back deal. But yeah, stock up on Arian Smith and stock up on that receiver room as a whole. Jake mentioned it earlier. 
just you know uh, an incredibly deep well, just pick group. them all off palmer jesus christ a virtual group stock up on the state of georgia <laughs> just pick them all off just check all the stocks off uh first of all stock up on uh dogs hq um we've got uh we've got four months for 10 bucks and that's going to be extended a couple days we're going to go through tuesday i uh i talked to the powers that be today um i bent the knee and i said to them powers that be we've got some good premium stuff coming the next couple of days we've got depth chart projections post spring we got some insider notes coming we got some x's and o's coming and that's just for me and i'm probably the worst writer on the site so these other three guys have gotten some other good stuff that is going to be coming as well. So come on over, check us out. Perfect time to do it. Ten bucks gets you four months. If you don't like it after that, leave and never come back. You never have to come back again. Um, but you otherwise, uh, you're, you're going to want to join us um, because it's awesome. Um, uh, also, um, you know, stock up on the walk-ons. Uh, we talked about it. Nobody's even talking about the best play made from a walk-on. Savon Clark, Stud, Heisman. He's going to do it. Stock up on Brock. Uh, I'm sorry, not Brock Beck, Carson Beck. Um, you know, I am hearing that he's going to turn down the NFL supplemental draft, and uh, he is going to be Georgia's uh, a quarterback at Georgia this year. So that's a good thing. And uh, Palmer, that thieving son of a gun, uh, stole my receiver thing. Like I said, the deepest, best receiving core I've covered since I've you know been covering Georgia. Uh, Lab McConkey, I think Dominic Lovett in flashes yesterday was absolutely special um, doing some of the things that he did. I think Rara Thomas is going to be an impact guy. Uh, Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, Arian Smith, uh, Dylan Bell. Um, that is a very, very impressive group. And then you've got Brock Bowers and, and, and Oscar Delp, Austin Lucky. Um, George is really, really fortunate to be in that spot. And they're really unfortunate to be in that spot with breaking in a new quarterback. Um, so uh, super high on that receiving room. And uh, uh, hopefully I've gotten everything out of the way. So, Jack Reese has Yeah, done. you're on a roll, man. Hey, I'm, I'm not going to take credit for the uh, ability to pull the stuff up here. Wes, Wes runs the uh, – stock, stock up on that ring, though. That, that ring is sick. That ring is cool. That ring is sick. It scares me almost. It's, <laughs> it's got like some dark energy around it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Dark um, energy. All right, I'm going to say, uh, listen, um, I talked about this. I wrote a piece before G-Day uh, on Saturday, and I said that there were three things Georgia needed to do to impress recruits while they were on campus. And one of them was to continue to use the guys that were penciled in in a big way, um, uh, or the, the guys that were penciled in to be starters in a big way. And I think they did that on Saturday. And recruits brought that back. So I'm going to say stock up on Georgia and the culture of competition that they have continued to create. When you talk to kids out here, they're saying, listen, you know, the freshmen are being featured earlier. The guys are competing every single time I see the practice. I'm seeing it in G-Day. It's coming across every single time they get a chance to watch it. And I think that that's really impressive. The number one thing I would say that I've heard from recruits lately that separates Georgia from other schools is how they practice. And Georgia continues to reinforce that almost each and every time they hit the field. That's really, really something that's catching a lot of eyes. They've been doing it for a couple of years now, and they haven't let the foot off the gas there. Georgia's culture practice is a huge stock up for me, and I think will continue to pay dividends for them. You saw it in a big way with those uh, freshman defenders yesterday. I think that uh, you're going to continue to get guys like that because of the culture you've created. They practice their practice. Mm. 
the practice within the practice. Practiceception. Thank you all for joining us this week on our G-Day recap. Uh, a lot to break down and a really exciting uh, G-Day in the rear view and a lot up ahead for this Georgia football team. Um, please take advantage of the spring game special. $10 for four months. You don't want to miss out on that. This is free stuff, but we go much, much deeper throughout the week on dogshq.com uh, and on the message board as well. And we really appreciate the, the back and forth there. This is nothing compared to uh, the uh, the virtual sparring, the jokes, the fun that we have over at the Dogs HQ message board. So a lot to unearth and unpackage if you are a Dogs HQ premium member. $10 for four months of that. Uh, that's a steal, man. So hit like, subscribe, do all the things that I'm telling you to do, but know that we're grateful for it. We've cleared the spring football game, and it is all gas, no breaks between now and fall camp. We can't wait to do it. Can't wait to uh, make you a part of it as well right here on The Georgia Show every Sunday at 8.30 p.m. and every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. And Bark After Dark, guys, has a guest for the ages at 9 p.m. Seth Emerson, baby. We're excited. We're actually going to talk a little football, but we're also going to talk about uh, Seth and where he comes from and why he's in Athens and why he loves it so damn much. We get, we get trained journalists once in a while. Yeah, we do. We do. And uh, people, who, people who know what they're doing, not yeah. just Jake and I who just stumble blindly. Most of the time. Yeah. And Seth, <laughs> one hell of a writer. And I'm excited to hear him, uh, hear his story. Uh, Cause he's a really good friend. And, uh, we're stoked. Good Bark After Dark coming tomorrow night. You don't want to miss it. Yeah. Y'all have a great week. We'll catch you soon. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if you're first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 